Chapter 5 I'll Be Yours for the Weekend. And I'll be yours for the weekend. If he hadn't woken with Remus's head in his lap, Sirius might have thought the events from the night prior had been nothing but one of those dreams where things worked out differently. Instead, he was lulled into consciousness by the soft push of air from Remus's lips, by the warmth of Remus's breath against his belly, by the pressure of the curve of Remus's long neck against his thigh. Squinting in the early morning light coming in from the windows of Remus's second floor flat, Sirius yawned and stretched and moaned a little from the stiffness in his muscles, having fallen asleep sitting up on Remus's sofa, which resulted in his head falling back in a rather uncomfortable position all night. Well, all night really culminated into only a few hours of sleep. They'd stayed awake most of it. Once they stopped drinking chai-flavored whiskey, the unbearable tension between them seemed to ease back into that same undivinable thing it had been before either of them got the nerve to try to define it. Friends, but with an underlying layer of hunger that their other friends didn't share. But tension was a strong word because it wasn't uncomfortable by any means. In fact, Sirius reveled in the return of it, in the anticipation and excitement of knowing that he could lean over at any given moment, kiss Remus full on the mouth, and Remus would almost certainly let him. It was the almost that kept him. Because Remus had been right the night before, Remus was almost always right, except that one time when he had been exceptionally wrong. Still, they should be friends again first. It had been ten years after all, and a lot had happened since then. They'd both grown and changed and evolved. They weren't nineteen anymore, brave and reckless and dangerous. Now they knew the cost of their mistakes. It didn't change the fact that Sirius was willing to take the risk with Remus, to have moved through all of that time separately but still find their way back to each other and with much of the same feelings they held when they parted. It was a promising sign. Even more promising was the fact that they had both overcome their bitterness and regret and stubbornness and pride to admit their own individual shortcomings, taking the first steps to do what they could to resolve them and mend the shreds. As Remus began to stir with squinting honey eyes and a crooked, sleepy smile, Sirius looked on with apparent fondness in his gaze and his heart ached a little at the pleasant realization in Remus's face as he realized he'd woken up in Sirius's lap. He stretched a little, pressing his nose into Sirius's thigh. Morning, he hummed, the vibrations of his tired voice moving into Sirius's bones, reminding Sirius of how fiercely he had missed the depth of Remus's voice first thing in the morning. Hi, Sirius replied in a whisper, brushing the soft, sun-lightened curls from Remus's forehead, allowing himself just a moment to push his fingers deeply into the dark, thick roots. Mm. Careful, I might just lay here all day and let you keep doing what you're doing, Remus said with a satisfied sigh, arching his neck further back across Sirius's leg while Sirius pushed his fingers further. The act of running his fingers through Remus's hair reminded him of his conversation with Dorcas and Marlene the day before, and it sparked a mischievous smirk in the corner of Sirius's mouth. I'm wild about those grays in your hair, you know. Sirius admitted entirely truthfully, but for a rather malicious reason, because he knew that Remus would be compelled to return the sentiment. 
Just as he expected, Remus's eyebrow rose, though his eyes fluttered closed. You don't want to get me started on that topic. When I saw your hair for the first time yesterday, I told Pete I wanted to make love to it, Sirius teased, his impishness in watching the surprise in Remus's face only slightly outweighing the desire to hear Remus admit it for himself. His reward was the immediate snap of Remus's eyelids as his eyes flew open at the sharp attraction of a gaze that looked yellow in the morning light and an attractive pink hue sweeping in underneath the galaxy of freckles that spanned from cheekbone to cheekbone, concentrated heavily across the once-broken crooked bridge of Remus's nose. The surprise turned to suspicion. Did Pete tell you that? Sirius laughed quietly, and the suspicion in Remus's expression melted into bliss, his eyebrows lifting towards the center of his forehead as his eyes fluttered closed again, still leaning into the work of Sirius's hand in his artfully mussed hair. I heard some of it myself from the door of the coffee shop, Sirius admitted absently, getting distracted by the micro-expressions in Remus's face and trying to correlate the expression to the position of Sirius's fingers in his hair or the delicate use of his fingernails against Remus's scalp. You can thank Dorcas and Marlene for helping me work out the last part of it. <laughs> They'll die to know they were right. Suddenly, Remus reached up and held onto Sirius's elbow. When Sirius looked down, there was a puzzling demeanor on Remus's face. Maybe we just let ourselves figure this thing out first, without any sort of outside help, he said carefully, watching Sirius as if he was afraid how Sirius would react. Ah, Sirius said simply, letting out a breath that Remus instantly misinterpreted. Quickly, Remus sat up so he could look Sirius straight in the face, his expression moving into worry. But Sirius struggled to take his concern seriously with the way Remus looked under his massively disheveled hair. I mean, they've been hoping we would work it out for ten years, and I'm not saying we won't, but I wouldn't want to add any extra pressure. It's already complicated enough as it is, Remus rambled, looking like he wanted to take Sirius's face into his hands, but was indecisive about the intimacy it held. Mooney, Sirius said, making the decision for him and slipping his fingers over Remus's ears. It's okay, you're right. James would start planning our wedding if I even told him we were talking again. A soft laugh of relief moved through Remus's lips and he rested his hands over the tops of Sirius's fingers. I'm pretty sure Pete has a tux on permanent rental, just in case, Remus added with another laugh. One which Sirius couldn't help but join in on, bringing their foreheads to rest together. Lily would have a venue booked within the hour and a florist on standby, Sirius said, their laughter increasing along with their proximity to one another. With their foreheads still pressed together, Sirius shifted them over to fall against the back of the sofa, lying face to face, as Sirius let one hand fall. I don't think a gay wedding announcement would go over that well with your fans, Remus mentioned as Sirius let his fingers ghost over the stubble along Remus's jaw. Or your label. A dull pain moved through Sirius's chest. You heard about that? He sighed softly. Pete told me they wrote it into your contract, Remus said under the sharp tightening of his jaw, one that Sirius felt move through his fingertips. I never should have let you go to London alone. Well, Sirius said brightly, it didn't really make a difference to me, since I couldn't really date the bloke I wanted to date in the first place. He said, eyeing Remus rather dramatically, while Remus winced. I will never do enough to make up for that, will I? 
You've got a lot of ground to cover, Mooney. With a laugh, Remus tilted his head to brush against Sirius's nose with his own. I could take a shortcut and skip ahead a few steps, if you'd like, he whispered, his eyes threatening to close as his lips edged in closer to Sirius's mouth, the anticipation culminating in a faint ghosting of moistened skin before Remus pulled away again. His attention was drawn to the front window of the flat. Do you hear that? Holding his breath for more reasons than one, Sirius paused to listen more intently, realizing there was a distant buzzing, rising and falling in odd places, like overlapping conversations. Just as Remus moved from the sofa to look out the window, Sirius felt a familiar, annoying twist of his gut. Remus spoke from the window. Good God, there's a horde outside Marlene's shop, he said with a strange inflection that sounded like disgust and terror while that blunt ache in Sirius's belly seemed to deepen and lay anchor there. I wonder what's going on, Remus mused innocently. Remus, it's... Sirius began to explain, but Remus was already at his front door. I better make sure Pete's doing all right without me, he said with vague concern on his face, glancing down at the watch hanging from his bony wrist. As he closed the door behind him, Sirius went to the same window, though much more cautiously, peering through the opaque ivory curtains. Just as he feared, the crowd downstairs was composed mostly of teenage girls, and at the edges of the crowd where they weren't packed in so tightly, he could just barely make out his own name printed on a t-shirt. Oh, fuck, he groaned softly, trying to avoid drawing attention by any means. With a frustrated sigh, he threw himself backward over Remus's sofa, his legs dangling over the top cushions. In only a few more minutes, the front door opened again, but Remus was uncharacteristically silent upon his return. They're here for me, aren't they? Sirius drawled out lazily, his hair fanning out onto the hardwood floors underneath where his head was now hanging from the cushions of Remus's sofa. Someone spotted you at Marlene's shop yesterday, Remus confirmed, the tone of his voice bordering a touch on irritation, but soft enough to sound like he was trying to mask it for Sirius's benefit. How was Pete? Sirius asked, his head feeling full from the pooling of his blood. He shut down the shop to go help Marlene, and she's asked me to go get more ice. Apparently, all of those girls are ordering iced coffee, and her ice maker can't keep up, Remus said, clearly biting back a sarcastic comment and a laugh that went with it. Before Sirius could convince himself to try to launch himself backward over the sofa, he felt Remus's hand grip his own and began to pull him to his feet, but Sirius stopped halfway, staying seated on the back cushions of Remus's sofa as Remus looked on humanely. I'm grateful for their devotion, really, but... Sirius began still holding onto Remus's hand and using it to pull Remus closer until Remus was situated between Sirius's legs. Every single one of those girls, individually, has convinced herself that she is the one I've been waiting for all my life, that she alone is the one I would settle down for, that nobody could ever possibly love me as much as she does. Oh shit, Remus said, sucking his teeth. They'll be disappointed to find out about me then, he grinned, pulling Sirius to his chest. They are no match for my ten years of pitiful pining over you. Sirius rolled his eyes, only afterward realizing his face was buried in Remus's chest and therefore Remus couldn't see his expression, so he resorted to pinching Remus on the arse. You have no idea how daunting it is knowing you're disappointing a hundred people you've never met. 
can't be more daunting than disappointing the person who meant everything to you, he replied softly, nuzzling his cheek into the top of Sirius's head, and never being able to apologize for it enough. One more time couldn't hurt. Sirius hummed with a half-smile, looking upward and pressing his chin into Remus's sternum. The smile on Remus's face housed a sadness that left Sirius holding him tighter. After several long seconds of his honeyed eyes dancing across Sirius's face, Remus moved his hand to tuck the long hair behind Sirius's ear, lingering around the greys concentrated at his temple and rolling them between his fingertips to feel the difference in their texture. God, how was I so stupid back then? He asked, mostly to himself, the sadness saturated in his gaze. I'm so sorry, Sirius. I'm so sorry. His arms, that were tightly wrapped around Remus's waist, loosened as he held Remus by the hips, still looking up with his chin pressed against Remus's ribcage. I'm wondering how many more times you're going to need to say it before you finally let me kiss you again. Immediately, the misery in Remus's face dissolved, replaced by the softest blush Sirius had ever seen and a gorgeous, bashful smile. Technically, that was the first time I've said those words, Remus corrected. But you said it twice in a row just now, so I'm counting it as two. Two is not enough. It must be enough for something... Sirius bargained, forming a loose fist in the excess of Remus's shirt and tugging softly, coaxing Remus to crane down to his level. And Remus followed, much to Sirius's surprise, slipping his hand around Sirius's neck to steady him in his precarious place perched on the top of the sofa cushions. In response, Sirius wound his arms around Remus's waist again, fingers snaking up his back to pull Remus just that much closer. Just as Sirius let his eyelids close, feeling the warmth of Remus's breath against his lips, it was just as quickly removed as Remus pressed a soft kiss to Sirius's forehead. Enough for something like this. Remus spoke against Sirius's skin before Sirius felt him pull away, and Sirius drew his eyes open slowly, glaring at Remus with spite in his silver gaze. <sighs> you rotten bastard, he grumbled playfully as Remus smiled smugly all the while. Jokes on you. I enjoyed that immensely. Sirius huffed, crossing his arms like a spoiled child. Remus just laughed. Come on, we've got to sneak you down out the fire escape, he said, pulling Sirius off the couch and leading him over to the small balcony that overlooked the alley behind the row of shops. If you go straight through those woods, you'll land on Lily and James's street. They're down on the right. What if I get lost? Sirius pouted playfully. Come with me. I'm on ice duty, remember? Remus twisted his lips, looking like he wished he could go with Sirius on a quiet, secluded walk through the woods. I've worn a path in the brush. You'll be fine. Wait, I... Sirius started, not wanting this time with Remus to come to an end. Before he could say more, Remus pulled him to his chest and nuzzled his face deeply into Sirius's long hair. We won't be apart that long, ever again. Remus reminded him with a promise, angling his face so that his lips would brush against Sirius's neck as he spoke. You're welcome to text me constantly. Oh, you never should have said that. I'll never give you a moment's peace. Sirius laughed, pushing his fingers into the short hair at the base of Remus's neck just one more time before he left. I'm looking forward to it, Remus said, grinning as he pulled away. 
Just before Sirius turned towards the rusted stairs of the fire escape, Remus quickly leaned in and pressed his lips to Sirius's cheek, just next to Sirius's ear with his fingers holding Sirius delicately under the chin. I missed you so much. Never one to miss an opportunity for sarcasm or to make Remus blush, Sirius replied with a raised brow. Apparently not enough, since I haven't been allowed to put my tongue in your mouth yet. Strangely, there was no blush in Remus's cheeks, just a flash of his incited yellow gaze as Remus's eyes flickered down to Sirius's lips. Soon, then you can introduce me to that stud in your tongue, Remus said, a hollow depth in his voice that hadn't been there a moment before. Looking forward to that, too. How did... Sirius began to ask, wondering when he had opened his mouth widely enough for Remus to have seen it, wondering even further why Remus hadn't said anything till now. But Remus just glanced over at him with that same hungry gaze as he moved back into his flat. And as Sirius moved down the stairs of the fire escape, he realized he was the one with the blush in his cheeks. <laughs> Could you imagine what would have happened if Sirius had actually shown up just now? Pete asked with an exasperated laugh as they were finally able to get back to their own shop after the masses of fans dissipated from Marlene's cafe. <laughs> I think we would have been trampled to death. Hand to God. Oh, no doubt. Remus agreed, pushing his fingers through his hair, heavily mussed with the stress of the last hours mingled with the residue of sweat at his temples from the heat of packing so many warm bodies into such a small space. Sirius himself probably would have been trampled to death. With a curious grin, Pete glanced over. Look at you, saying his name all casual-like. For only a split second, Remus paused with slight panic before he came up with a very believable half-truth. Before responding, he started off with a sigh to make the whole thing sound that much more authentic. <sighs> I'm going to have to see him, Pete, he said, taking an overcompensating deep breath. If he's going to stay until the baby is born, and if we're both going to be the godfather. He paused again to run his fingers through his facial hair. I wouldn't dare to miss the birth of James and Lily's child just because I'm petty. I don't think this is because you're petty. Pete reasoned. I think it's because you're scared. Oh god, yes. Terrified, Pete. I'm bloody terrified of him. Remus breathed out a sigh, and it was part relief at Pete believing his explanation, and part relief at being able to admit that out loud. Even after finding out that Sirius was willing to forgive him, even after holding Sirius in his arms, even after hearing Sirius literally beg to kiss him, it wasn't proof enough. Sirius could still realize that Remus had done irreparable damage to him, that Remus wasn't worth forgiving. He could still take it all back. I know, Pete said softly, gently placing a hand on Remus's shoulder for a moment before turning the sign on the door so that it read, Come in, we're open, facing toward the street. And I think it's okay to be scared, but I don't think you want to be scared of him forever. With a short nod, Remus let out a tight breath through partially clenched teeth. He was right. Well, Pete was always right, especially about things involving Sirius. More importantly, Pete continued, I think Sirius is even more afraid of you. A clipped breath moved from Remus's lips as Pete patted him on the chest on his way past Remus into the back room. Objectively, Remus knew that of course he knew that. After all, he was the one who had done most damage, he was the one who had obliterated their relationship. 
but being with Sirius the way he had been over the last 12 hours made Remus forget it, because Sirius hit it so well. At heart, Sirius had always been a performer, and Remus blamed it on his upbringing. When his father had backhanded him across the sitting room at eight years old, Sirius had had to bear it with a silent clench of his jaw, or else invoke more of his father's undeserved wrath. When his mother threatened to lock him in the cellar for a month, he had to still the twitch of his expression, lest she follow through. And now Remus was no different, another menace, another risk, another chance that he could ruin Sirius's life again. He would be no different than Sirius's abusive father or his violent mother, always leading Sirius to perform some version of himself rather than exist as who he wanted to be. At that moment, Remus's mobile vibrated in his pocket, and as soon as he opened the message, his face split into the widest grin he had ever felt burn through his cheeks. Ten years apart, miles of separation, and somehow Sirius knew, like he had always known, the perfect thing to say. Sirius, can I fall asleep in your lap tonight? It's only fair. It was wholly innocuous and silly and adorable, but it said so much more than Sirius intended. Because despite how Remus hadn't earned it, there was trust there. Enough for Sirius to want to spend time with Remus. Enough for Sirius to feel comfortable falling asleep in his arms. Enough that Remus could tell he wasn't performing. He didn't have to. Because he knew Remus loved him. As is. With a mischievous smile, Remus responded, keeping in time with Sirius's mood. And it almost felt just like being back in school, feeling giddy about being able to flirt with Sirius, knowing that Sirius felt the same as Remus did. His smile felt uncontained by his face, like it spread free from his skin. Remus, maybe you should take me out to dinner first. I have standards, you know. He kept a cautious eye on the doorway to the back room, just in case there was a smile on his face he needed to bury once Pete returned. It felt a little deceitful, not telling Pete that he was talking to Sirius again, especially after all Pete had put up with over the last ten years, but it would be kind of nice to have this one thing all to himself. Nicer still that it was Sirius he had all to himself. Sirius, how does Italian sound? I make a terrible chicken florentine. With a glance at the clock in the top corner of his screen, Remus let out a sigh. It was barely past noon. It was going to be a long day, waiting on the moment when he could be with Sirius again. Hey, Pete, you think we could close up a little early this afternoon? Remus called as he typed out his reply, trying to mask his expression for when Pete inevitably came round the corner. <coughs> Remus. Well, I make a dreadful chocolate souffle. <coughs> Maybe they'll cancel each other out. Of course. Pete called back as Remus knew he would. You feel okay? And just as Remus prepared for, Pete appeared in the open doorway, wearing concern like an accessory. Yeah, just... He paused, choosing to tell most of the truth. I didn't sleep much last night. The concern on Pete's face deepened, sending the tiniest shock of guilt shooting through Remus's chest. You're going to have to talk to him, Remus. It's going to kill you if you don't. The narrowing of his turquoise blue eyes and the furrowing of his dark blonde eyebrows nearly broke Remus's resolve. He nearly blurted out everything just to ease the pressure. But it was still too soon. It was still too new. I know, Remus sighed, now feeling the guilt weigh heavily. I'm working on it. 
His phone vibrated in his hand and he winced slightly at the attention it warranted, but to his luck a group of customers came strolling in through the front door. Pete greeted them before turning back to Remus. We'll close after the lunch break rush. He grinned, squeezing Remus's elbow. Any lingering delt over his deceit evaporated when he looked down on his phone one more time to see that Sirius had sent a series of emojis that Remus understood the translation behind quite clearly. Sirius. Plate of spaghetti emoji. Wine glass emoji. Wine glass emoji. Mouth emoji. Tongue emoji. Fingers crossed emoji. It was a struggle to keep the smile from his face, a struggle that was apparently very physically evident because the furrow in Pete's brow only intensified from across the shop. If Remus didn't do something, there was no way Pete wouldn't address this oddity in Remus's behavior. I recommend the almond honey nougat, Remus offered to the group of indecisive customers as they waffled on which chocolates to try. It's practically our signature, one of my favorites. With a smile of relief from Pete behind the counter, the customers intrigued enough to make a purchase, Remus turned his attention back to his phone, which hadn't stopped buzzing in his hand. Sirius, text me when Pete leaves. I want to taste your chocolate. That sounds like a euphemism. I mean, it is, but I also just want chocolate. Also, I'm bringing a bottle of wine. I stole it from Regulus. So, you know it's the good shit. Quickly, Remus stepped into the back room to try to catch up on the flurry of texts that Sirius had sent him, and he ached for a moment at how much he had missed Sirius's intensity, even in something as simple as a text conversation, because there was enthusiasm in everything Sirius did. With his intensity came an impatience and a persistence and it had been no more evident than the night before, when Sirius had immediately taken Remus by the face and straddled him on the couch, one word of approval away from burying his tongue in Remus's mouth. It left Remus wondering how long they could keep up this trial period of friendship when they both wanted to devour each other. In that same vein, he wondered what would happen if they took the risk and skipped ahead a bit early. Remus, we're closing early. I'll let you know and maybe steal two bottles from Reg. It wasn't quite as blatant as Sirius's euphemism had been a moment before, but Sirius would understand. Sirius had always been able to decipher even the subtlest of his meanings. Once, right after they had started dating, but before they'd really told anyone else about it, Remus had mentioned going back to the library after class for a book on dialects. He hadn't even so much as raised his eyebrow at Sirius, but he barely had to wait in the empty stairwell before Sirius charged in and pressed him to the wall, lips first. <laughs> Dialects, he'd said with a laugh against Remus's mouth. Speaking another tongue, clever Mooney. He had had to let out a short breath before he got carried away in reminiscing, especially about such a visceral memory. It had been a very short period in time before they had told James and Pete that they were a couple, but it had been as intense as Sirius himself. Many nights spent without sleep in favor of staying on the phone so they didn't spend a single moment apart, skipping class to sneak away and snog in various empty stairwells or classrooms, each touch growing more brave than the others before it. Now they were back to the beginning, back to before they were anything, but with the overwhelming tension of their past, the memory of kisses and the Polaroids of love affairs. Because they weren't just friends, they couldn't be just friends. 
not when the fire and the fever had never been extinguished, not when they could still taste the lingering desire behind every kiss they'd ever shared. When Remus's mobile vibrated again, he took in a deep breath, praying that Sirius had enough willpower to cover them both. Knowing Sirius like he did, he knew that had never been true. Sirius, are you trying to get me drunk, Mooney? You know what? I'll get three bottles. Maybe four. It was a good thing Pete wasn't in the room, though it may not have made a difference. Because as soon as Remus read that message, an abrupt laugh moved through his lips despite his every effort to hold it in. Just as he expected, Pete poked his head around the corner, blinking curiously. Did you just laugh? He asked, glancing around the back room, eyeing Remus's phone. Uh, yeah, it was. He built upon his lie. I was just thinking about how Marlene said that Sirius is now our town scripted. Technically, this wasn't a lie. Earlier, Marlene had been talking about how every social media platform was in a frenzy over where he was staying, what he was doing, why he was in town. In fact, even the local news station was making a scene about getting footage of the elusive Sirius Black. It would almost be funny if it didn't hinder Remus's ability to see Sirius whenever he pleased. A soft snort moved through Pete's nostrils in place of a laugh. Oh, I heard. People are practically forming search parties. It's like a bloody fox hunt. Remus's eyebrows spiked against his will. Tell me about it. Remus agreed with a desperate little sigh. With a suggestive waggle in his eyebrows, Pete elbowed him under the ribs and Remus laughed again. Don't pretend like you're surprised that I'm admitting that Sirius is a fox. After the obscene things I said about him yesterday. Saying you want to make love to his hair is far from obscene, Mooney. Pete scoffed as he moved back into the front of the shop, a trio of women entering through the front door at the same time. Oh, sorry. I purposefully didn't voice the really obscene ones to spare you the embarrassment of it, because truly, it was unsafe for delicate listeners, Remus added under his breath as the customers perused the chocolates in the counter. Pete leaned over to mutter his reply, his lips pursed. See, now you say I'm delicate, Pete hissed, eyeing Remus. But I noticed you didn't spare any lurid details last week when you were telling me about that dream you had where he fu- Good afternoon, ladies, Remus interrupted in a boisterous tone, dripping with an abundance of overcompensating cheerfulness as he stepped in front of Pete to block out any further sound. Our feature chocolate today is an Irish cream in an espresso dark chocolate. A little sweet, a little mysterious. He poured on the charm to make the sale, leaning far over the glass countertop and crossing his arms to tighten the sleeves of his shirt, borrowing a little bravado from a certain performer he knew. The lady in the middle blushed, the one on the left averted her eyes to study the chocolates, and the one on the right leaned in a little further. Sounds a bit like Sirius Black, she said flirtatiously. Oh no, love, Remus crooned, smiling roguishly. The chocolate I'd pick for Sirius Black is the cinnamon dark chocolate with a honey bourbon center, infused with just enough cayenne so you only know it's there when you come away feeling flushed and wanting more. He finished, his eyelids fluttering sightly and an aching breath falling from his lips. The women in front of him let out the same breath. I'll take six, she enunciated. And your phone number, if you'd like. A sheepish grin settled over Remus's lips, twisting a little bit in his chagrin, and he moved back to run his hands through his hair. The chocolates you can have, 
Pete jumped in, pointing his thumb over his shoulder at Remus as he continued. This one here is, well, he's sort of spoken for. Pete glanced back with a raised brow, and Remus tried to pull his smile back into his teeth, but the thought of Sirius had made it permanent. Sirius should have been there by now. Half an hour ago, Remus had closed the shop, telling Pete it was fine for him to go home and to stop worrying about him, and no, he wasn't trying to get rid of him so he could have a wank over Sirius. To be fair to Pete, it was a rather charged afternoon. Just as he was about to pull out his phone and text Sirius for the third time, there was a soft knock at the back door of the shop, with the one that opened into the alley. Quickly, Remus opened the door and grabbed Sirius by the wrist before he even had time for a hello, abruptly yanking him into the shop. Ah, hi. Sirius exhaled breathlessly, looking at Remus from where he stumbled in, nearly pressing himself into Remus's chest. Instinctively, his hands went to Remus's hips, and Remus didn't correct them. Hi. Remus breathed back, moving his hand up to brush the stray hair from Sirius's forehead. I take it you missed me. Sirius smirked arrogantly, silver eyes swirling and full. You have no idea, Remus said under a heavy swallow. I described a chocolate that I based on you, and it got me a little heated. His words were nearly nothing but oxygen as he let his face drift closer and closer to Sirius, feeling the echo of his own breath beating out against Sirius's skin. Immediately, Sirius straightened his back, looking at Remus excitedly. You based a chocolate on me? He asked, his tone giddy and sharp. Don't get me wrong, he continued, lowering his voice at least a full octave, dipping back into hunger and depth, as he slipped his hands over Remus's ears. We are certainly coming back to the part where you said you got heated just by thinking about me. He used his tongue to pull his bottom lip into his teeth to draw Remus's attention to it, while simultaneously pressing Remus's hips into the edge of the counter with his own, and then his voice moved back up again and his expression instantly lightened. But you can't just casually mention the fact that you based a chocolate on me and not give me the chance to taste it. With a playful roll of his eyes, Remus pushed Sirius away. <laughs> Come on, then, he said, twisting his fingers into Sirius's as he tugged them along to the front of the shop. He opened the back of the glass counter and plucked a dark square chocolate from a row of other identical chocolates, but all unique in the haphazard red splatter crossed over the top. Give me the whole presentation, Sirius stated, leaning back against the edge of the counter and propping himself up by the elbows. Tell me what you said that got you so heated while I'm having a taste of myself. His eyebrows cocked high, his gaze incited as he watched Remus move closer to him. This, he said, holding the chocolate between his fingers, is a dark chocolate made with cinnamon. The scent gives you warmth as it's moving through your lips. Just as Sirius had done before, Remus pressed Sirius back against the counter with his hips, nestling his thigh between Sirius's legs. In the center, there's a honey bourbon that spreads a little sweetness on your tongue. He continued, lowering his voice and bringing up one hand to coax Sirius into lowering his chin. Obediently, Sirius opened his mouth and Remus let his knuckles ghost affectionately over Sirius's bottom lip before settling the chocolate between Sirius's teeth. After the floral notes of the honey fade out, you find there's a residual heat from the cayenne infused into the bourbon and it leaves you feeling flushed and satisfied. He finished with a soft exhale, watching Sirius's lips move as he bit into the chocolate named for him.
Mooney, he sighed, his eyes rolling back slightly, his fingers finding Remus's hips again. Have I done you justice? Remus teased, wondering if he could feel Sirius swell against his hip bone or if that was just wishful thinking. As Sirius licked his lips, he opened his eyes, and Remus found them wide and dark, even in the afternoon sun streaming in through the window. That was the best chocolate I've ever eaten in my life, Sirius moaned, letting his head fall back a bit but without letting his gaze fall away, and it gifted Remus with all the sharp angles of Sirius's throat and the bottomless hunger in his eyes. And it was still nothing compared to listening to you describe it. For a moment, Remus was silent, absently watching the minuscule changes to Sirius' expression the longer Remus went without speech. Finally, he spoke, stepping over the invisible border and addressing the thing that they had been trying not to mention. Is this as hard for you as it is for me? Right now, it feels like it's a bit harder for me, actually. He insinuated, his eyebrow twitching, as he shifted his hips forward to rut against Remus's hip bone. A quick flush burned through Remus's cheeks. Serious, he cautioned on a heavy exhale, taking a wide step backward before he did something he would regret. He anxiously ran his fingers through his hair, ignoring the way Sirius was watching him do it. I've been thinking about it, Mooney, Sirius said casually, pulling his long hair from his shoulders to toss it behind him. Of course, he did this with an intentional arch of his back, a heady tilt of his head, and a soft sigh of relief that left Remus fighting the expression he knew would be on his face. Being friends first is admirable, and honorable, and probably smarter than jumping straight into bed after ten years of separation. He paused to let out an exasperated breath. But we're kidding ourselves. You said yourself you might regret it, Remus reminded him, especially with the voracious expression filling Sirius's gaze as he pushed himself off the counter and moved over toward where Remus was flattening himself against the opposite wall. A desperate moan moved down Remus's throat. I said that on day one, Sirius argued, and Remus opened his mouth to return fire but Sirius reached out and softly dragged his fingertips underneath Remus's chin, to which Remus could only respond by biting down on his lip, which by default shut him up quite quickly. I know what you're going to say. How is day two any different than day one? But just hear me out on this for a second, Remus. A comfortable smile flashed over Remus's lips as he recalled Sirius saying those exact words to him on many occasions in school when Sirius was trying to get Remus to agree to do something dangerous or reckless or sometimes totally and utterly idiotic, like sneaking into school at midnight so they could relocate the desks in every single classroom onto the roof in exactly the same arrangement as they had been inside the building. By not getting caught, that one had become something of a local legend. As Sirius continued, Remus could see that familiar mischief in his expression, the same as it had been that night on the roof, but with far different intent. The tension is pulling all of my focus. I want to hear you talk about what you've been up to for the last decade, but you open your mouth and all I can think about is what you taste like now, he said, and it almost sounded like he was complaining. 
I want to ask you how your parents are, but then I think about your old bedroom and those Polaroids you used to take, and I wonder if you still have them, and whether it makes me a creep that I hope you kept them. With a weighted pause, he looked over at Remus with curiosity in his gaze. Remus tensed his jaw, swallowing. I kept them, he said with half a wince in his expression. Immediately, Sirius's brow shot up. See, now I'm wondering where you kept them, how often you looked at them, if you've gotten off to them, how often you've gotten off to them. Remus, my point is... He paused, his manic, breathless rambling, after rather sharply emphasizing Remus's name, taking a very wide step inward, and Remus had to crane his head back so their lips wouldn't collide on pure accident. I am drowning in all this want for you, and maybe I could handle it he exhaled broadly. If I didn't feel you drowning right next to me. Remus took in a breath through pursed lips, his head still tilted slightly to the right to keep from breathing in the air that Sirius was breathing out, chocolate and nicotine and the unmistakable taste of Sirius's tongue. Helpless enough to each of these components individually, together, the consuming need they invoked in Remus's chest was almost too powerful to overcome. Almost. All right, yes, Remus finally conceded, decidedly leveling his face to Sirius's own. Slipping his hands on either side of Sirius's neck, his thumbs brushing through the salt and pepper scruff along the sharpened edge of Sirius's jaw. There was a sudden pull of air into Sirius's lungs, as if in surprise that Remus was agreeing with him. You're right. I want you. As badly as if none of this had ever happened. But it did happen, Sirius. And as much as I want to take you upstairs right this moment and listen to you call out my name, I'm also terrified of it. Because once the want is out of the way, what if there's nothing else left? Softly, Sirius let his eyes fall closed, a breath of the same measure moving from his lips. It wasn't much, but it told Remus that Sirius had already considered the very same worry, that maybe memory and nostalgia and history were the only things that still lingered between them, and once they got rid of the overpowering veil of ten years of an unresolved physical craving, would their history be enough to keep them together after all this time apart? Was there any love left behind after all their hurt? At once, Sirius softened, letting his entire body weight rest against Remus and lowering his head so that it could rest on Remus's shoulder. It had settled into more comfort than tension, and Remus let himself enjoy Sirius's closeness, his arms wrapping around Sirius's waist, the want pushed aside. <sighs> Were you always this convincing in an argument? Sirius asked with a quiet laugh, snuggling into Remus's arms a little further, his hands on Remus's hips moving up to the curve of his waist. You're just a little more reasonable than you used to be, Remus grinned. And you're... Sirius pulled back and pressed his fingers into Remus's chest. Firmer than you used to be. What the fuck is this? Remus let out a soft laugh as Sirius's poking and prodding moved down into his belly where the muscles of his abdomen fluttered underneath Sirius's unpredictable touch. The laughter in Remus's chest blossomed and grew until tears sprung into his eyes, now doubled over with a single knee raised in some failed effort to keep Sirius's delicate touch from teasing him any further. <laughs> You're one to talk, Remus managed to say, swatting at Sirius's hands. You're much more fit. 
We are not talking about being bit, Sirius howled, pinching Remus's waist in time with his verbal punctuation. And anyway, I'm about the same size I've always been. But you, you're, I think the kids say thick. Remus grinned knowingly, rolling his tongue along his back teeth. Sirius let out a low growl. Jesus, yes, that's the word, he hummed, squeezing Remus's biceps as his eyes roved over the blue button-up that Remus had put on that morning, one that Remus usually didn't wear because it was a little tight on his broad shoulders, but also one that Remus had chosen specifically in hopes that Sirius would see him in it also because it was a little tight in his broad shoulders. Suddenly, the wildfire in Sirius's silver eyes burned out, leaving a trace of bitter sentiment in its place. You grew up without me, he said with a sad, quivering smile, still squeezing Remus's arms. And Remus understood the feeling. He'd felt it upon seeing the striking gray in Sirius's black hair, the softened laughed lines at Sirius's eyes that Remus hadn't been the ones to put in place, how Sirius had filled out in places where he used to be adolescent skin and bone. I haven't grown old just yet, Remus reminded him, holding Sirius's chin so he could look Sirius in the face. We can do that part together. The smile on Sirius's face deepened. Hmm, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you mention a souffle? I did, Remus teased with a flash of his eyebrows. I said it was dreadful, but I lied. Hmm, Sirius pondered, looking at Remus with a wolfish and wicked gaze. Looks like you'll be taking me upstairs, after all. As he sauntered away, he let his fingers trail across Remus's chest. Try as he might, Remus couldn't stop the breath in his lungs from plummeting out and following after. Despite the fact that Sirius had met Remus in the shop downstairs, it was evident he'd come up to his flat at some point before Sirius had arrived, because when they moved upstairs, the lights were turned low, a few candles were lit, and soft music drifted across the room from a vintage mid-century stereo cabinet in the corner that Sirius had admired vehemently upon his first night in Remus's flat. Remus apparently saw him eyeing the cabinet again. Don't get excited. I haven't managed to repair the thing in only a day and a half, he laughed. It's just some cheap hi-fi I bought online. If I'm getting excited, it's over the message you're clearly trying to send here, Mooney, Sirius said as he looked over his shoulder at Remus with the suggestion in his gaze. Mood lighting, scented candles. I mean, you're playing hosier, for God's sake, he emphasized, moving over the island in the kitchen. Hey, I like hosier, he laughed under his breath, pulling ingredients from the refrigerator. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with your taste in music. Sirius shrugged as he circled the counter to get to the stove. Where do you keep your skillet, love? He asked absently as he opened a cabinet, not initially recognizing his use of such an affectionate term until Remus went a bit still, his hesitant gaze darting over to meet Sirius's for only a moment before they hurried back to their individual tasks. Um, the next one. The cabinet on your left. Yep, that one. Remus guided as Sirius began to kick through the various flatware in Remus's kitchen until he found something close to what he needed. Anyway, what I'm saying is, he continued from his previous topic, reaching around to where Remus stood in front of the fridge to grab the whipping cream, holding Remus in place as he did so. 
You could have picked any artist, but you specifically chose one with rather sexually charged lyrics. So, oh my god, I did. Remus groaned, throwing his head back. Seizing the opportunity and the narrow distance, Sirius leaned over and placed a delicate kiss to Remus's temple. Remus simply responded with a bashful smile as he moved from the fridge to his pile of ingredients on the counter. I mean, how else am I supposed to interpret that, Mooney? Obviously this is a date and you're trying to seduce me with romantic candlelight and lovemaking music and a sensual chocolate souffle. I really have no one to blame but myself if we succumb to our carnal urges later on in the evening, Remus said with a suggestive glance, but an otherwise careless shrug of his broad shoulders. You joke, but I'm already plotting seemingly insignificant things that will make it inevitable. Oh look, we reached for the same spoon and our fingertips brushed together. Oh dear, our elbows nudged fondly as we stirred. Sirius smirked as he seasoned the chicken breast, glancing back over his shoulder only to find that Remus was moving to the stove next to him. See? The plan is coming together already. I'm only here to melt my chocolate. I certainly don't have ulterior motives like you, Remus said with a look of phony posturing. It's not like being closer to you gives me the opportunity to return the favor of something like, I don't know, a forehead kiss or something? He leaned over and kissed Sirius's temple the same way that Sirius had done to him only moments ago, and Sirius smiled just the same. In their processes, they fell into a comfortable silence, standing close and finding reasons to touch one another. Sirius would jut his hip out tenderly to knock it against Remus's hip, and Remus would shrug one shoulder whenever it was pressed up against Sirius's shoulder, and they would playfully kick at each other in the back of the leg whenever one of them noticed the other had locked their knees. The silence between them was so comfortable, in fact, that Sirius forgot that there was a decade of separation between them, forgot that they didn't cook dinner like this together every night, forgot that there were parts of each other that they hadn't seen in ten years, parts that were once fond and familiar. It started as a hum, but Sirius was a singer by trade, by spirit, so he'd thought nothing of it. The hum became a mumble of words to a background melody, and that mumble developed into lyrics full of depth and body and tone, but still soft enough in volume that only his kitchen partner could hear him. He sang, under his breath at first, just keeping time to the song as his chicken cooked to a golden brown. He finished holding out the note with a touch of vibrato, closing his eyes for a moment as he reveled in the words on his lips. So strange that this was the song that was playing as he and Remus worked on coming back together, a song that he always felt was about a love that was lost to ash, reignited by a new flame, or a very old one. With a smile, he looked over to Remus to verbalize the thought, only to find Remus staring back at him with widened and hollow eyes, the shimmer of tears threatening to spill, a tremble within his lip. Remus, he said, soft and careful, the spatula he'd been holding in his hand clattering to the counter, sending a splatter of butter and oil in an arc around where it fell. Immediately, he slipped one hand around Remus's neck and pulled him strongly to his chest. 
As Remus's arm snaked around his waist, he could feel Remus's fingers form shaking fists in the fabric at the back of his shirt. Talk to me. I just... Remus said, his voice thick and muffled from where his face was buried in the curve of Sirius's throat. Sirius could feel the tears dampen the collar of his shirt. I haven't heard you sing in ten years, he whimpered, the fists he had knotted in Sirius's shirt tightening and vibrating with the strain. On a soft laugh, Sirius tried to ease the tension. You might not know this, but I have recorded myself singing a few times, you know, for posterity. A sharp, stinging laugh was his reply. I couldn't bear to listen to any of your albums. For this reason, it sounded like his teeth were clenched in frustration. I wanted to, but it broke me just to hear your name sometimes. Moony, Sirius exhaled heavily. All this time, he hadn't known how devastating this had been for Remus. A month ago, he would have been glad. He would have said that Remus deserved devastation. No, that wasn't exactly true. Maybe he would have felt a little vindicated. But to know that Remus was suffering over this the same way that Sirius was suffering, it likely would have ended this whole thing much sooner. I'm sorry. I know I don't. He trailed off. Sirius could feel the tensing of his jaw from where his chin was pressed to his collarbone. I don't deserve to react like this to something I gave away willingly. Remus, Sirius said. It felt like all he was doing was saying Remus's name over and over, so he shook his head and started again, tightening his hold on Remus's frame. It's not about what you deserve to feel like. You can't erase the last ten years just by feeling constant guilt over it. We can move on. No, serious, I don't feel like I've done enough to move on yet. I don't feel like I've earned you back yet. Remus argued, straightening his back so he could look Sirius in the face, his golden eyes dull. Guess what? Sirius said with a sudden smile of amusement that sent a furrow into Remus's brow. It's not up to you to decide that. As Remus's expression of confusion deepened, Sirius laughed loudly, his hands finding their way up to Remus's face, squeezing tenderly. I decided to let you back in. I'll decide what is enough to earn me back. And now I'm deciding to do this a few steps early, he said with a wild grin as he leaned in and kissed Remus, delicate and full of affection, on lips soaked with tears. As Sirius pulled away to look at the expression of surprise on Remus's face, he was immensely satisfied with the reaction he found there. Lips hanging slightly parted in their sudden accommodation of foreign skin and the unwillingness to go back to the emptiness of before eyes fluttering on the brink of opening when they had only just closed in their contentment. A sated sigh pulled deep from his lungs. Sirius, he breathed out, finally opening his eyes to look at Sirius. I thought that might get my point across a little easier, he smiled, picking up his spatula to turn the chicken. Plus, I just really wanted to kiss you. Don't burn your chocolate, Mooney. He mentioned casually, sidestepping the whole event entirely, wondering if his heart rate would ever slow down again. After several long seconds of Remus absently staring in his direction, he let out a soft curse as he realized that his chocolate was, in fact, on the verge of seizing. As he carefully lowered the heat with one hand, he folded the melted chocolate in the double boiler with the rubber spatula in the other 
and Sirius could feel him casting glance after nervous glance in his direction, but Sirius kept from glancing back. That was very unfair, by the way, said Remus suddenly, after apparently deciding that his furtive glances, that were not furtive in the least, were not earning him a glance in return. Why, whatever do you mean, Remus dear? Sirius asked with feigned innocence, using an epithet to make any argument that Remus had prepared seem trivial in comparison to their closeness. I thought we weren't to kissing yet. Remus spoke in a half-grumble, the way he did when he was pleased but annoyed to admit it. Despite how Sirius had expanded his efforts to keep his eyes on the chicken and not on Remus, he let his resolve crumble in order to steal a glimpse at the expression he expected on Remus's face, an echo of the same expression that had been on Remus's face on his 16th birthday when Sirius had ignored Remus's stern orders not to get him a gift by getting him 16 of them. Somehow, the expression was softer now than it was at 16. Maybe it was the gray in his hair or the way his age had softened the scar across the bridge of his nose, or perhaps ten years of separation had made Sirius's rebelliousness seem endearing. Whatever it was, when Sirius looked over to find Remus was already looking back with a discreet smile that tugged at one corner of his mouth and rose his eyebrows just a touch, and left a flicker in his gaze that only needed tinder to set it alight. Sirius felt himself swallow rather fiercely. The dedication of Remus's gaze flashed down to Sirius's throat to watch its movement, before his eyes, translucent as honey but as dark as wine, returned Sirius's stare. But the charge was short-lived. With a stifled, anxious laugh, Remus turned back to his chocolate, moving the pan from the heat of the stove to the cooler island countertop, which meant that, much to Sirius's discontent, Remus was no longer standing next to him at the stove. In his effort to cling to the momentum, and to Remus's closeness, Sirius took the golden brown chicken breast from the pan and set it onto a plate, turning to move it onto the countertop next to Remus's cooling chocolate mixture. We can pretend I didn't skip those steps if you want, Sirius offered quickly and carefully as he risked a sideways glance at Remus before moving back to his skillet on the stove to add butter and minced garlic, a soft hiss from the pan as the butter began to melt. For longer than was comfortable for Sirius, Remus remained quiet. Despite his quickening heart rate, Sirius didn't allow himself to look back. If I'm being honest, Remus began on a large volume of breath that moved through his lips heavily as he spoke. Sirius found himself halting his own breathing in exchange. I'm trying to remember why I didn't skip all those steps yesterday. The smile on Sirius's face was so immediate it stung. It's because you're so bloody honorable, that's why, Sirius responded, moving back to the countertop again to find the bottle of white wine he'd brought with him. It was on the other side of Remus, but instead of walking around to retrieve it, he leaned completely into Remus in order to reach it from where he stood, his hand sliding across Remus's back and deeply into the curve of Remus's waist. Because you're dishonorable enough for the both of us. Remus said in a near whisper, a smug grin on his whiskered face as he looked down at where Sirius was paused in his retrieval of the wine, his face hovering over Remus's sternum. And I mean that in the fondest, most affectionate way. As Sirius rolled his eyes, he also rolled himself off of Remus's shoulder on his way back to the stovetop, bottle of wine in hand. Kissing you just now? That was dishonorable then? The kiss itself? No. 
Remus replied in a low voice, pausing for such a long time that Sirius began to wonder if he was ever going to provide the rest of that thought, until he finished with a confession that Sirius didn't necessarily expect, based on a kiss so chaste. What it has provoked in me? Yes. For a moment, Sirius went mindless, inattentively splashing a bit too much cream into his sauce bubbling in the pan, his focus committed to trying to determine if the clanking of dishware was Remus working on his souffle, or if he'd cleared off the countertop with the intent of ravaging Sirius on top of it. <sighs> Mooney. Sirius began on a quick breath, hurriedly turning with his sauce-coated spatula in hand, at the same time that Remus was turning with his chocolate-covered spatula in hand and they collided with each other, whacking each other in the face with their respective cooking utensils. White wine cream sauce splattering into the greys of Remus's hair, and melted chocolate smearing across Sirius's cheekbone. They stood there blinking at each other in surprise until Remus reached out and swiped his finger down Sirius's face, making sure to move into the chocolate that had reached Sirius's lips. After he licked the chocolate from his finger in a deliberately evocative manner, he tilted his head and nodded with a rather pleased smile on his face, that smile growing wider as he noticed the vacancy of Sirius's expression. That turned out better than I thought it would. Remus smirked, his eyes roving to every droplet of melted chocolate that Sirius could feel sprinkled across his cheek, over his lips, into his hair. Do you mean the taste of the chocolate? Sirius asked sincerely as he pulled the dish towel from the counter before taking Remus's face into his hands. Or did you intentionally coat me in chocolate, just so you could lick it off me? At first he began dabbing the warm cream sauce running down Remus's neck. I meant the taste, Remus said, answering honestly, his neck still turned sharply, displaying every taut muscle, every swollen vein, throbbing with Remus's inflated pulse. Granted, I should have just licked it straight from your face. Probably would have tasted even better. A soft laugh moved from his lips and Sirius watched the way his throat expanded to facilitate the air moving out of it. But the laugh came to a crisp halt, replaced by a rapid inhale that Remus sucked into his lungs the moment Sirius leaned forward and drew his tongue up the side of Remus's throat, lapping at the sauce still dribbling down Remus's skin and making a very intentional point to curl his tongue underneath the curve of Remus's jaw. Hmm, you were right, Sirius said in a subdued whisper, deliberately and excessively panting out weighted breaths against Remus's neck. Uh, it does taste better this way. His reward was immediate as he listened to Remus's breathing become quick and uneven, watching the chaotic rhythm of the veins in Remus's throat as they accommodated the hastening of Remus's pulse felt the shuddering grip of Remus's fingers as they knotted into fists at Sirius's waist with the fabric of Sirius's shirt between them. God damn it, Sirius, Remus said, and he laughed, but it was tight and empty of breath. Before Sirius could formulate his argument for just surrendering to the whole damn thing already, Remus suddenly moved his hands up Sirius's waist, lingering for a moment as his fingers caught the hem of Sirius's shirt. When they met the unexpected bare skin of Sirius's hip, Sirius expected him to pull away as he'd been doing all evening. Instead, his grip tightened and he pulled Sirius closer than ever. Remus! Sirius inadvertently breathed out his name in his surprise and adjusted his gaze to meet Remus's more intently. But Remus's hold tightened again, fingers now clenched in an angry grip, a breath of mirrored sentiment moving from his lips. 
The way he placed his forehead to Sirius's was solemn, but he finally allowed himself to meet Sirius's gaze all the same, his golden eyes looking bitter and dull. Those eyes then scattered erratically over every feature of Sirius's face as he whined. Why can't I stop agonizing over this? Why can't I just kiss you? It fell from his lips through a hiss of clenched teeth. Do you not want to? Sirius asked carefully, a mass of apprehension filling his throat, as he wondered if he'd been pushing this on Remus, if Remus had only been following his lead. Oh, Pads, I... He paused to take a breath and to unsettle Sirius with a distinctively darkened gaze that insinuated exactly what he wanted. You know I want to, but I want it far too much, and it's... Sirius interrupted just as Remus moved his hands to his face and Sirius was fairly sure he did it with the intent to keep Sirius from charging forward to claim another kiss. And you think, what, that it's dishonorable for you to want me this way after what happened? He paused, moving his hands to hold Remus's fingers, still on either side of his face. I'm tired of living in that moment, Remus. I'm tired of wondering what I could have said to make you change your mind and I'm sure you're tired of wishing you could go back and make violent, passionate love to me instead of letting me fly off to London alone. It warranted a small devilish grin. Violent, passionate, and vocal. Don't forget vocal. Right, of course, Sirius said with a smile curling in the corner of his mouth. Can't forget the time we had to lie to your parents and say I screamed your name because I saw a spider in your bedroom. My dad still thinks you're afraid of spiders. Mum was not so convinced, Remus said with an easy laugh that set Sirius's heart at ease. I mean, it was hardly a scream. More like a passionate moan, really. Oh, I'm sorry, mister, I'm so innocent, Sirius scoffed with a look of feigned outrage on his face, looping his arms around Remus's neck, who responded by pulling Sirius closer by the waist. Were you not the one with his face between my legs at the time? He asked, his tone rising as he watched Remus bite down guiltily on his bottom lip. And if I recall, the louder I got, the harder you sucked. At first, an indecent breath moved through Remus's lips, but he drew it back in as he saw Sirius react to it, playfully rolling his eyes instead. We both know I have a fucked up thing for your voice. In more ways than one, since you totally just burst into tears at my singing, Sirius teased as he pushed the hair from Remus's face, slipping his fingers into the remnants of the white wine cream sauce. As Remus let out a weak laugh, Sirius got lost in it, leaning in close, almost allowing himself to skip those steps again, until he saw the hesitation in Remus's gaze. Instead, he curled his lips together over his teeth in a wince of sorts, holding Remus by the waist as he moved him aside to get to the stove. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to have to try to salvage my sauce, as it seems to be reduced to a white film at the bottom of your pan, which I hope you were not overly attached to since it's probably beyond all hope. A loud laugh from Remus's lips took Sirius by surprise, and he turned around with confusion in his brow, but affection in his gaze, as he softened at the sight of Remus smiling again. God, I have it so bad for you, Remus said, absolutely beaming in Sirius's direction. Even your grouching is adorable. Excuse me, I'm not grouching, Sirius enunciated as he added more wine to the pan, leaning back as a cloud of steam billowed up from the pan that had gotten too hot. I'm narrating. 
narrating, Remus repeated with a laugh, drowned out slightly as he turned on his electric mixer. Yes, these are all very unfortunate facts and I'm just stating them out loud, Sirius said, raising his voice over the mixer as he turned to give Remus a smirk under the arrogant flash of his eyebrows. Well, I started this evening expecting, what was it you said, terrible chicken Florentine? So I'd probably be disappointed if it wasn't terrible, honestly, Remus remarked as he paused his mixer to pull out the whisk and examine the soft peaks that had formed from his beaten egg whites and sugar. If it actually turns out terrible, I'm blaming you for all the distractions you're causing, Sirius said with a dramatic huff. First, you made a whole fuss about my singing, and then you lick me. Oh, no, 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 don't you dare. You were the one who licked me. And now you're drawing me into an argument to avoid the fact that you still haven't put your souffles into the oven. Sirius rambled as he placed the chicken into his salvaged cream sauce. Well, I'm over here working my arse off to rescue a sauce that you made me root. Before he could finish his thought, Remus slipped his arms around Sirius's waist and lifted him from his feet, instantly pressing him into the pantry door suddenly behind him. Sirius went quiet, except for a desperate whisper of, Jesus, Mooney. Without a word, Remus leaned in and Sirius automatically let his lips fall open to facilitate Remus's kiss but it missed. Feeling the pressure of Remus's open lips against his cheek, Sirius opened his eyes, not having even noticed that he'd closed them, only to realize that Remus was having a rather theatrical taste of the chocolate still dabbled across Sirius's face. When Remus pulled back, licking his lips with a boastful, roguish grin, Sirius felt like he had lost all the strength in his knees, just like that first day he'd seen Remus after ten years apart. Breathlessly, he fell back against the pantry door with a heavy sigh. The grin on Remus's face was insatiable, notched eyebrow high. You all right there, Padfoot? He asked in a swaggering lilt, knowing full well the woeful hunger he had wrought in Sirius's chest. After all that moralizing, and you just... Sirius exhaled, hand to chest, taking a deep breath. You were in my way. Remus replied casually as he pulled open the oven door to slide the tray with his souffle dish into the oven, as if it were in any way the actual reason for his behavior. A normal person would have politely asked me to move, Sirius argued, but then I wouldn't have been close enough to lick you, Remus said, intently furrowing his eyebrows at Sirius as if the entire notion of not being close enough to lick him was ludicrous. Sirius blinked at him dumbly for a moment before shaking his head. Good God, what a roller coaster of an evening, truly. First, you're crying, and then we're kissing, and then not kissing. The kissing was all you. I'm still trying to be honorable over here. That's funny, because I clearly felt a dishonorable intention when you had me pressed against the pantry just a moment ago. Sirius said with indictment as he let Remus watch his gaze move lasciviously down Remus's waist, settling heavily on his hips, before flashing back up to his amber eyes. And I'm to assume the Jesus Mooney you just moaned into my mouth was a moment of pure religious clarity. He laughed, but his tone had dropped deep as he swallowed it, the resin in his eyes darkening significantly as he stole a glance over at Sirius through hooded eyes and full lashes. He busied his hands and his attention with gathering some cutlery from the drawer to set in front of him. 
but Sirius could see the quickened rise and fall of his chest. With intent of his own, Sirius leaned heavily against the pantry door, tossing his hair to one side so that his neck was on display and curved in a show of submission. I could make it sound a little more unholy, if you'd like, he hummed, lifting the edge of his shirt to pretend to examine a rogue drop of chocolate that had landed upon it, but shamelessly using it as an excuse to give Remus a glimpse of Sirius's naked stomach underneath. It drew Remus's attention immediately, and after what looked like a slight movement of his impatient tongue behind unwillingly closed teeth, he swallowed thickly. As his eyes roved dangerously slowly along the path to Sirius's stare, Sirius let his eyebrow rise, his head still bowed, his shirt still half-raised. Want me to say it again? A thick swallow moved down the length of Remus's throat, his Adam's apple bobbing as he tried to decide which words to form, his dissent or his approval. But he didn't make a single move. He stayed in place, his thumb rolling down the edge of a spoon. On an exhale, he hesitantly requested, Say it again. On a deep cavernous breath, Sirius collected the air in his lungs before letting it lazily slide from his lips, pooling into the air between them with the prolonged and salacious shape of Jesus Christ, Mooney. Oh my god. Remus groaned softly as he rose his head to the ceiling, his eyes fluttering closed, a hint of an eager growl in the back of his throat as it moved through his lips. With an unsettled breath of his own, Sirius understood the implications that his voice had created in Remus, because hearing Remus's voice in a near moan had just the same effect. A plummeting feeling in his gut, his head sweeping and dizzy, his chest full and tightened. As Remus pulled in a deep breath into his nostrils, Sirius stepped in, readying himself for the collapse of resolve he expected to follow. Oh my. Remus began to repeat, but his eyebrows furrowed as he paused, leaning over the stovetop. God, this smells fantastic. Instantly, Sirius let his body fall forward, catching his forehead in an open palm as Remus let out an innocent but apologetic laugh. Remus, Sirius seethed through clenched teeth, looking up just as Remus glanced over with a very amused grin on his face, still leaning over the stove. You realize you're making it worse, right? Like you're wearing me down to nothing? You get that, right? Zero restraint left. With half his face, Remus grimaced playfully, looking like he didn't quite believe it. Considering I've been operating on zero restraint since you rolled into town, looking the way you do, he said, pausing to let a short breath out of his nostrils as his eyes moved down to Sirius's feet and back up again before he blinked and forced himself to look away. I think we could call it even at this point. Oh, we are so far from even, Sirius barked, deepening the amusement in Remus's face. You literally kissed me, Remus scoffed. Calling it even is being generous. That was an innocent peck, and I only did it to prove a point, Sirius argued with a facetious grin, stepping in and noticing that Remus didn't step back. If anything, Remus seemed to straighten his back and hold his chin a little higher, minimizing the minuscule height advantage that Sirius had over him. It did little more than level his lips closer to Sirius's own, so Sirius kept talking to distract him from realizing it, though he still couldn't help his fleeting glance down to Remus's mouth that the closeness warranted. 
In case you weren't paying attention, you literally had me pressed to the wall with your hips a moment ago, which is a bit more sexually charged than kissing you to shut you up. Ipso facto, not even. While the smile flourished on Remus's face, it lost all the electricity and was instead replaced by a sad sort of fondness, of which Sirius understood the implication. Just as he expected, Remus stepped back, saying, I think spending this much time alone together was a really terrible idea. Only because you're still obsessed with this idea that you have to deserve me, Sirius continued as Remus collected the plates from the cabinet and handed them to Sirius. You've built me up in your head as this faultless ideal, just because you fucked up a little worse than I did. <laughs> right, Remus laughed, because it was absolutely your fault that I told you I never loved you, and forced you into a contract where you wouldn't be allowed to love anyone else either. A slight wince moved into Sirius's face at hearing those words, the pain in his chest still the same as it was the day that Remus had told him that lie, the day that Remus had said he'd never been in love with Sirius at all. And of course, Remus noticed. See, there it is, Remus said, a bitter snarl moving into his lips and clenched into his jaw. We can pretend like everything is fine now, but I'm still hurting you. What do you want me to do, Remus? Sirius asked, his tone rising a bit in his frustration, setting down the plates so his shaking hands wouldn't let them slip to the floor. Is there some sort of arbitrary repentance price I have to force you to pay before I'm allowed to love you again? Because while you're on your noble high horse, I am down here suffering like an idiot, waiting for you to let me back in. At that, Remus stilled, his eyes shooting down to where he was nervously fingering a loose thread along the hem of his jumper. I'm not trying to keep you out, he sighed, and maybe I have built you into this deity, maybe I have worshipped you a little over the years, but it's because I... He trailed off, pushing both hands into his hair and letting them slide down the back of his neck, as he looked up, his golden eyes shimmering in the dim light, because I knew I would never love anyone the way I loved you. In one wide step, Sirius stood in front of Remus, who looked at him with a broken but expectant gaze, and Sirius took him into his arms at once. It doesn't have to be past tense anymore, Mooney. A soft, shaking breath moved from Remus's throat, his face pressed into Sirius's chest. How can I expect you to ever love me again after I let you down so spectacularly? After I ruined your life? You didn't ruin my life, Sirius stated plainly, peppering soft kisses into Remus's hair. Another Remus did, and you're not him. You haven't been for a long time. The longer Sirius spoke, the heavier Remus's weight became in his arms. And if I remember right, that Remus was a total wanker. The biting laughter from Remus sent a fond smile onto Sirius's face. But when Remus straightened his back to look at Sirius in the face, it wasn't amusement in his expression. What if... He paused to take a deep breath before restarting. What if that's the only Remus you could fall in love with? What if it turns out you don't love this version of me? What if we're both too different now? What if it's too late? For a moment, Sirius let a veil of disbelief wash over his expression before recognizing that his immediate denial didn't match the panic he felt about the same possibility. Maybe he and Remus had grown up and grown apart. 
Maybe they hadn't really known each other as teenagers. Maybe they were entirely different people now than they were then. In the span of the last 24 hours, Sirius had already had every one of those thoughts and had already ignored them violently because he wanted Remus, because he craved Remus. With arrogance and ignorance, he had chosen not to wonder what would happen after he satisfied that craving, chosen to believe that nothing had changed between them. Instead of continuing to lie to himself and to Remus, he spoke honestly. You want to know the truth, he said on a deep breath as Remus looked on nervously. That's exactly the thing I'm afraid of. I'm terrified of it, Remus. Of you, he enunciated clearly, as painful as it was to see the hurt on Remus's face when he said it out loud. I can stand here and pretend that it was a different Remus who broke my heart ten years ago, and I know you're not that kid anymore. But you're still you. With a shallow breath, Remus closed his eyes tightly, his nose wrinkling as if he were trying to fight off tears for the second time that evening. When his eyes opened, he spoke. I know, Sirius, that's... Sirius interrupted. But if you're still you, he said carefully, letting out the air he was anxiously holding in his chest, then that means you're still the you that gives Pete half his sandwich when he's forgotten his lunch. You're still the you that learned how to play Blackbird on the ukulele because James said it always cheered him up on bad days. You're still the you that carried a flask of hot tea with honey in it to every show so that my voice didn't go out halfway through. You're still the you I fell in love with at 14, and if I fell in love with you once, it'll be easy to do it all over again. As Sirius watched Remus, he expected much more of a visceral reaction than what he received, based on the previously charged emotions of the evening. Instead, Remus stood still, eyebrows furrowed, amber eyes blinking slowly. I'd better get to work then, he finally said, watching Sirius closely and curiously. This time, the furrow went into Sirius's brow. You've got quite an advantage already, considering I'm pretty sure I fell in love with you all over again when I heard you call me Mooney for the first time in ten years. He stated plainly, a smile curling at the corner of his mouth. I'm not sure how I can compete with that. At first, Sirius just stared, mouth agape and air escaping, at the realization that Remus just admitted that he was still in love with Sirius. It wasn't that Sirius didn't know, it wasn't that Sirius didn't feel the same, but they had been circumventing it with sarcastic wit and playful illusion and indirect implication, pretending that love was a word stuck in the past or one to come in the future. And Remus had just shattered all pretense, all plot, by planting his feet and refusing to yield or deflect. Because he wasn't the same Remus he had been ten years ago. The Remus standing in front of him, with the satisfied smile, was not the jealous, insecure teenager who withheld his affection because of his worry about it never being returned to him. The Remus standing in front of him with the assured gaze was not the same naive child who gave away that which was most important to him because of some twisted notion of self-sacrifice. No, this Remus knew what he wanted, and he knew how to keep it. Despite a confession so subtle and graceful and so open, Sirius didn't feel the pressure to respond in kind. Instead, he felt an open invitation, an offer to reply whenever he saw fit. And that was the most damning evidence of all, a Remus so confident in his love for Sirius that he didn't need an instant reciprocation of the sentiment, a Remus that would wait until Sirius was ready to find him. Are you kidding? 
Sirius replied, leaning back into suggestion. I could fall in love with you now for your hair alone, he said, rolling his eyes as Remus pulled him over to the table with an easy smile, settling Sirius into a chair as he went to get the plates, though Sirius kept talking. Plus, you're still a massive flirt and a hopeless romantic, so I might be in love with you again already. Who's to say? As Remus set Sirius's plate in front of him, he also pressed a delicate kiss to the top of Sirius's head, buried in the waves of his unruly hair. A quiet, softened blush moved through Sirius's face. There's another fifteen minutes on the souffles, Remus remarked, sitting opposite Sirius and immediately taking a much too large bite of chicken florentine, remarking in his delight over the taste with expression alone to avoid derailing the question he was about to ask. How long can you stay? I'm supposed to fall asleep in your lap, remember? Sirius grinned, settling his face into his hands as he propped it up on the table to watch Remus in adoration. Remus's freckles went pink. 